You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, hello again. Welcome in. And my special guest today is Ted Lasso. <laughs> I like that. Of course, it's Spencer Steer making his Gym Day podcast debut. Welcome, but with that stash, I don't know. Sometimes I've walked by and like, that Ted Lasso right there? You have no idea how much that makes my day hearing you say that. Does it really? Because, you know... Was it you that said Ted Lasso, like watching Ted Lasso, was like receiving a big hug at the end? Maybe it was Casale. Someone said it. But no, it's very true. It's hard. It was you? Yeah. That is a great line that I'm going to steal going forward. Because watching Ted Lasso is like, it's heartwarming. It's like great big hug at the end, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I can't say I was the first one to say that. I can't remember who told me that when they told me to watch the show. Yeah. But I thought... After I watched the show, I was like, wow, it is like getting a hug. And then I told, uh, I actually recently told uh, Jake Fraley to go uh, to go check out Ted Lasso. And he's like, I crushed the whole first season last night. Really? I'm like, you were totally right. It's like getting a hug after every single episode. So I love it. Yeah. I didn't see Jake Fraley as a uh, Ted Lasso guy, but uh, you know what? It shows universal, man. <laughs> shows universal. And you do want. See, I'm I'm the guy that I'll watch it right when it comes out. Like, there's an episode right now, and I'm like, all right, I got to watch this. So I wish I would have waited and been able to binge watch. But it's so good, I'm going to go back and watch it again, and then I'll probably just crush all what, yeah. three seasons. So, But you look like Ted Lasso with the stash, by the way. Thank just you. a little bit. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> now, this stash, it started with Casale, right? The, it's a May thing, obviously. It's for charity. Charity kind of involved in it. Uh-huh. He pretty much just looked at me dead in the eyes and said, you're going to grow a mustache in May, right? And I was like, are you? He said, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> so is that more of a, a rookie thing where, like, the, the veteran says, hey, Rook, you, you got to do this, or, or are you just kind of that teammate? Yeah, I just try to be a good teammate. Don't want to leave him on an island there, being the only guy with the mustache, so... <laughs> Decided to join in, and I've actually grown a mustache before, and I figured, why not do it again? Well, Friedel had one as well, which is now since gone. He was superstitious about his. Once you lost the series, uh, I don't know where we were, lost the series. And it came off a little bit, and then the Yankee series, and it was gone completely. So, But that's the way it goes. You know, you're, you're one of these guys that I found out, uh, as we go along and I, I get to know you or get to know about you at least that people gravitate towards you have you noticed i mean you're a guy that uh you're sort of like the little brother that they pick on <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a pretty good way of describing uh my role in the clubhouse you could say um i actually make the joke like i'll be your punching bag you know you have a bad day just throw it all at me i'll take it i'll wear it um but yeah, I just try to be, you know, a guy who can just kind of bring a positive, you know, kind of energetic vibe every day. Um, just try to, I kind of pride myself on just trying to be the same guy every single day, no matter how I'm playing. Um, 
you know, how I'm feeling, if I'm tired, whatnot. I, I still try to bring it every day. And um, another guy in our clubhouse that's like that is CC. I know you've heard me kind of mention his name a lot recently. And yeah. he's kind of that guy that, you know, has that infectious energy about him. Um, so, you know, I try to, I try to be You're like talking that about as well. Colin Calgill, right? Yeah, Colin yeah. Calgill. Yeah. First base coach, outfield coach, all around coach. Mm-hmm. He is an energy guy, CC. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed a lot of guys after you hit singles, we do a headbutt with them. And I think that kind of just sums up him perfectly. He's just. I have noticed the headbutt. Like, you, who gets the headbutts? Just whoever's around him in the dugout? Or, or you're talking about at first base. Yeah, first base. After, you know, you get an RBI knock or, you know, a two out knock with no one on, it doesn't matter. He's, he's ready to give you a headbutt. He's fired up. So I think that's just like him in a nutshell. I love that action. Love that so much. Now, how's it like? Uh, you're, you're fully fitting in now with this Reds team, right? I mean, it's the trade was last year, which I know was tough at the time, but uh, is it what you expected? Do you feel like you're hitting your major league groove now? Yeah, it's just you know getting comfortable and and just kind of trusting that you belong here. Um, I think that was a big part of kind of my transition from last year to this year is just understanding that. I belong here. I can play at this level. And, you know, taking a step further, just building relationships with the guys on the team. Um, you're yeah. with these guys more than than you are with your family. So I'm um, just getting comfortable with these guys, building relationships with them and, and going out to dinners on the road, stuff like that. I've really gotten comfortable around this group of guys and they've they've made a, they've made it really easy as well. How tough was it getting traded? It can be easy, especially in the middle of a season. You just got to pick up everything you knew as a Minnesota twin and all the guys you came up with and all the coaches and that comfortability factor was just gone, erased, and now you've got to somehow fit into a new organization. What was it like? It was tough. It's 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 a really tough transition. It's kind of like your whole world gets flipped yeah. upside down, you know, in a matter of minutes, right? Like one one minute I'm, when I got traded, I was on the bus to the field with St. Paul, the AAA team with the Twins, get a call that I got traded, take the bus right back to the hotel next day on a flight out of there, and in the dugout with the with the whole new team that I didn't know anybody, you know, going in. Right. Um. So it was it was tough. You know, leaving my friends and and you know everyone I built relationships with the Twins over four years, leaving them at a moment's notice, and then. You know, just kind of acclimating to a new organization, um, new coaching staff, new teammates, new routines, all that kind of stuff. So it was a mixed, you know, kind of mixed bag of emotions, I guess. You know, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, for new opportunity. Um, you know, sad leaving leaving your buddies. But I'd say that it went a lot smoother than expected yeah you know after those first couple of days you know how tough that transition was you know the next week two weeks you know the the guys in in louisville really really were were great welcoming and then obviously when i got here to cincinnati it was it was more of the same at the same time the opportunity here for the reds had to like put a little jump in your step did it put knowing that and you got you know called up last year yeah. so not sure 
maybe you might have gotten that same opportunity with the Twins. Who knows? But the opportunity here had to put some jump in the step, didn't it? I, f- I felt like right away they they believed in me. You know, getting, obviously, number one, getting traded here shows their belief in me. But two, giving me that opportunity last year to, to come up for the last month and play every day, I, I think that meant a lot to me. And for my confidence going forward that I'm wanted here, they believe that I can I can be a good baseball player at this level and and yeah, one, the opportunity. I mean that's all you can ask for as a baseball player, just an opportunity to go out there and show what you can do. And and maybe I might have gotten that with the twins, but maybe not. So um forever grateful to this organization for just giving me that opportunity. That's tremendous. As I take a uh, drink of coffee, by the way, I learned about you. You are very much a coffee connoisseur. Love it. Although not the fancy kind of coffee. You're just a black coffee guy, right? Just straight black coffee. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say a connoisseur, more just like an addict almost. Just love drinking coffee. <laughs> now, are you immune to it, like keeping you up? They say, you know, don't drink after such and such time coffee. During during baseball season, yes, I feel like I am. In the off season. I know it keeps me up. So, like, in the off season, I'll never drink it after whatever the rule is, like noon or one. Um, but during season, I could crush a coffee in the seventh inning, and it will not disrupt my sleep whatsoever because yeah. I'm just, like, yeah. just ready for bed when I get home. Yeah, I'm the guy that, uh, like, I'll have a coffee at the beginning of the game, even a night game. And even if it's, like, 85, 90 degrees, I'm I'm the dude down there with hot coffee. The boys look at me like, dude. You know, they make iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, that's really funny. My dad's the same way. Like growing yeah. up, we'd be going to travel ball tournaments in Arizona in the summertime, and it'll be like 110 degrees at eight in the morning, and he's still drinking like a scorching hot coffee. <laughs> oh, it's got to be scorching hot. I, I got, I'm a real coffee snob as far as temperature goes. I'm with you. I put just a little bit of cream or half and half, and maybe just a touch of sugar. That's it. But it's got to be hot. So it's you never go cold brew or? Oh, I, I do. Here's the problem. I I waited for a long time to do the iced coffee because I knew I'd love it. And I drink it so fast, like a, you know, like it's a soft yeah. drink or it's like water or something. It's so good that I drink it way too fast. So I could probably crush 10 and then I would be so, I'd have to go to the emergency room. I'd be so So you use wired. the temperature of the coffee to kind of slow you down then? Yes. That's smart. Yes. The iced coffee is so good. Like a vanilla iced latte. Yeah. I waited for probably a decade after I started drinking coffee because I knew I would love it. And when I have it, it's I just crush it. I just crush it too fast. It's like chocolate milk to me or something. Yeah. Like cold brew from Starbucks. I'm the same way. Yes. Like it's down the hatch in five minutes. Exactly. Uh, you laid a line on me the other day. We were, uh, what were we, we were doing the... We've got a YouTube show coming up again, Extra Bases with Jim Day. Check it out in the coming days or weeks. It'll be on YouTube. We're asking a series of questions off the beaten path. And you laid some great lines on me, by the way. One of which was something, I'm paraphrasing, something like this. I well, said this on the slump, air. I like to go night. home and crush a large pizza. Doesn't always get me out of a slump, but makes me happy. At least I get a large pizza. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds, right? It's a great line. Yes. You eat the large pizza, you break out of the slump, mission accomplished. You don't break out of the slump, you had a delicious pizza last night. So 
<laughs> I see it as a personally as a win-win situation and just another excuse to have pizza. Yeah, we have that in common because pizza is my absolute like weakness. Yep. Like I could eat it breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. dinner, cold, yeah. hot, whatever. Put a pizza in front of me, I'm hurting. Yeah, doesn't matter the time of the year, time of the day. It's always good. What's your preferred pizza? I did ask you this, but yeah, I'm very specific. Yeah, just because it's the convenience factor of this. But you know, you're on the road. Doesn't matter what town, what time of the night it is. You can always rely on Domino's pizza, and I like to go thin crust, pepperoni and bacon. Then have them drizzle some uh, buffalo sauce on the top. <laughs> so, do you have a Domino's here that knows, like, all right, Spencer's calling? Because that's a very specific order, and it's it's memorable if, I don't, you're, if you're taking the order. I don't think they know me yet, because I've only been a couple times since yeah. I've been here in Cincinnati. But there is a Domino's literally, I'd say... Under 500 feet away from my apartment. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, so I just, you know, order online and go pick it up, and it's like 10 minutes. It's great, so. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love pizza. All right, let's get to know you a little bit, going back in time. California kid, right? Yep. And you are a twin, right? You have a twin brother. I do. I have a twin brother who doesn't look anything like me, and he's a firefighter in Long Beach uh, where I grew up. And then Long Beach in the hair. Yeah, where, where it starts to really get crazy is I have two older brothers who are also twins. I don't know if you knew that. No. So there's two sets of twins. Me and my three brothers um, had a pretty crazy childhood growing up. Because my two older brothers who are twins, they're 21 months older than me and my twins. So four little boys running around. Oh, my gosh. See, and I don't know this you know, personal experience, but it's in my family. Like when you have twins, that is a, a handful to have two at once, one at once, but two at once. And then to double up and happen again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you get any feedback from when, <laughs> from your parents? Like, wow. Hey, you know, you people that just had one, we had a set or two sets of twins. Well, luckily my mom, she actually got some, you know, old footage that she would, you know, randomly just take videos of us just kind of playing in the living room, and it was just pure chaos. <laughs> like, I mean, there was toys all over the ground in every single room, and then she'd, you know, pan to the backyard. There'd be two boys in the living room making a mess, and there'd be two boys in the backyard playing in the mud. Like, oh, I mean, it was like my mom's an absolute saint for dealing no, with us. No question about it. Total saint. I don't. I've. I. I don't know her personally. Obviously, um, what a saint, though. Yeah, she's the best. Although I did come across them last year when you made your debut, which, by the way, as far as debuts go, yeah, that was. I mean, wow. It's probably one of my better games all of last year, and it just happened to be on my debut. Yeah, which was pretty ideal. Were you when you look back at that now? Were you just uh, like? It just happened. It, like you were almost so wide eyed and uh, almost don't remember. A lot of guys say, I hardly remember it. I just kind of just went through it. Was it like that for you? Or Yeah, you- 100%. I would say exactly that. Um, what I remember from my debut is just before the game. I remember 
like, you know, all day before the game being so nervous, like not even be able to eat like nervous um, and then showing up to the field and it being an absolute whirlwind when I get to the field. And then it's like next thing I know, the game starts. And then that's when it's like I don't really have any recollection whatsoever from that game. It was like game started, blacked out, game ended. It's done. Yeah, game ended, then you had some nerd waiting there like, can I talk to you? <laughs> Can I talk to you about that walk-off thing? Which Probably couldn't tell you what I said in that interview either. I couldn't tell you what I asked, but I'm sure it was bad questions. <laughs> but we got through it, so I appreciate right. that. This year, um, you've been playing a lot of first base, and i got to tell you, man, that's not an easy transition. People say, oh, just so throw someone out there at first base. It's easy. No, it's not. Um, but you've done pretty well over there. Are you feeling more comfortable? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get more and more comfortable. The the toughest thing for me was the glove, to be honest with you. Much I, bigger glove. I use flimsier a, glove. I use a smaller glove for third base. I use eleven and a half inch glove at third base, which is by standard pretty small, I guess, for that position. And then going to first base, you're you're using a, a twelve and a half, twelve and three quarter inch glove. So it's another inch and a half and and it's just a different make of a glove it's just big it's floppy sometimes i catch the ball and it's like i don't even feel it like it's it's just a that was the big thing for me was just taking ground balls to that thing and just getting used to 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 catching ground balls you know the targeting and that that glove's different it's got to be a little lower than what i'm used to with my glove at third so that and then obviously the footwork that goes into to play at first and and all that stuff so I'm definitely getting more comfortable as I've obviously played there pretty much every day the past month. So, um, but I think it's a it's it's a harder position than I think a lot of people realize, and definitely harder than than I realized before I played there. Yeah, you're not the uh, prototypical first baseman, I guess, nope. if they were going to draw it up. Um, well, I a funny shot. Uh, I mean, Aaron Judge is on first base and he's standing next to you, and he is just a giant of a human being. Massive. He looks massive next to anyone, but did you find yourself like, wow? I mean, he's he's just just a massive human. Like I don't really know how to describe how big he is. Besides, <laughs> just he's massive. Um, it was actually funny. I went back in the dugout, and TJ was like, "Dude, he makes you look tiny." <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, man, I hope someone gets a picture. Like I just want—I want to see it. Well, we took a shot. I'm sure there's a picture, but we took a, some a few shots. Yeah, it. I want to see it. I, I was waiting, you know, that app that we get all our pictures on. I, yeah. I was hoping that you know a picture would show up of him standing next to me and just see how small I look. But <laughs> well, Fried, I'm sure I'll find one at some point. Friedel gets on me all the time because I'm I'm like six. I used to be six three. I think I'm six two now that I get older. Who knows? But when I do a post game interview with him, uh, and he's like. Can I stand on a box? Because he looked at the interview back and he's like, I look so short next to you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. So every time he's like, bring out the box. Bring out the box. That's so funny. So he's uh, he's got a little uh, self-humor, if you will, That's good. TJ, about him. Yeah. I mean, doesn't matter your height when you're balling like him. So <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to talk more to Spencer Steer, and we'll do that right after this. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back with Ted Lasso, a.k.a. Spencer Steer. Now, you, uh, we were just talking about T.J. Friedel there a minute ago. Now, these questions I had you ask, these guys um, threw you under the bus a little bit. Which is just totally uncool. But not, again, not surprised. It's like that uh, little brother thing that they like to pick on, and they do it because they like you. You are well liked in the clubhouse, which I found out. Now, some of these questions, um, and again, you're going to see some of these on YouTube coming up. But um, were you thrown off by these amount of uh, weird questions I asked you? I wasn't thrown off. I had a, I had a good time. It's a f- it's fun to do a little quirky. Uh different interviews like that so. yeah i mean the, just to give you an example like what what's the last show you binge watch what show would you consider a guilty pleasure which by the way what was yours was the guilty pleasure show new girl new girl yeah. which i have no idea what that is good show it's like it's like it's like a a, a good comp would be like the office like a 30 minute just like s- silly just oh okay well i'd be into that office yeah. is great um phone app you can't live without uh, surprise apps. First celebrity crush, which was okay. who'd you say? Um, I gave you Selena Gomez. That's right. Yeah. So, so you went like immediately. All right, it's got to be Disney Channel, right? Yeah, it was definitely a Disney Channel. If you could spend a day with a celebrity, who would it be? If you could invite four famous people to dinner, who would it be? I mean, it's questions like this, uh, on and on, just rapid fire type of questions that to get to know the player. A few were tough, like the uh, the autobiography name. That one that stumped me. <laughs> the question is, what was your, what would your autobiography be called? And you had to come back to it, and then you came up with Spencer's Stillers. Yeah, it was just brutal, just a brutal name. And I, I sat there for ten minutes thinking about it too, and that's all I came up with. Spencer's stories. Uh, <laughs> and this was a who walked in? I think Stevenson walked yeah, in. He's Steven. in the background. He's back there just cracking up. He's just laughing. What he what he come up with? Um, do you remember? 
Gosh, I can't remember. This is terrible. I asked so many guys the same questions. I can't remember what he came up with. It must have not been very. It must. It wasn't. It wasn't as as. Yeah. It was. It didn't. Clearly not memorable. No. (laughs) If you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask? And yours was good. About the pyramids. Yeah. Who built the pyramids? (laughs) Yes. It's been, I feel like that's been a hot topic on podcast yeah. lately. Oh, here we are. Like Seth Rogen. Yeah. And like stuff like that. Oh, yeah. There's some conspiracy theorists out there. But who knows? It is, there's a lot of questions about that. It makes you think. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, we got to the portion. There's very few questions about baseball, but there are about teammates. Who is the best dresser on the team? Who is the worst dresser on the team? Which teammate spends the most time in front of the mirror? Funniest teammate. And you came up a couple times, and unfortunately, it was they were throwing you under the bus about the worst dresser on the team. Mm-hmm. I would love to give you the microphone to defend yourself against these heathens known as your teammates. <laughs> you know, I, I get a lot. I get a lot of. Uh, you know. I, I get a lot from the guys when I, I wear just the travel suit on the plane and stuff. Like last last trip, Mally had me come just to the front of the bus just to say, hey, everyone, look at Spencer's wearing pajamas again. Nice hat, too. Go sit down. Like stuff like that, you know, just giving me a hard time for wearing the travel suit. You know, when, when you know, there's probably a lot of other guys wearing it. What's the travel suit? Describe it's, it's just like uh you know, it's a sweatsuit. You know, you got black black sweats yeah. and, you know, a zip-up hoodie. Right. Um, you know, it has Reds logos on it. And Those are know, nice, actually. And, I, and I'm I'm obviously not the only guy wearing it, right. but they, they choose to to have me <laughs> yeah, go to the front. Got to bring the little brother up here. And, you know, be the punching <laughs> bag and make fun of me for wearing pajamas. So um, They have a nickname for you, Didn't, don't it? they? Um, I can't remember. They got one for me. I don't know about it. It was about the clothes. Stocks, uh, oh, stock. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, this is a good story. Uh, <laughs> during spring training, we're sitting on the bench, and and Will Benson's talking to somebody, I think it might have been Will Myers, and they're talking about like who wears a good jersey. And I forget who was hitting that time. They're like, Yeah, look, you know, he's got you know an arm sleeve on, he's got wrist tape, he's got the chain, like, looks good. He's like, Like, Spence over here, like, he's got. Stock swag. That's it's it. like, what is that supposed to mean? That's it, stock swag. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you, like nothing's like flashy. You know, you got the, you know, you got the double wrist tape, and you know, that's about it. Like it's stock swag. <laughs> and I kind of liked it, you know. Like so, I've I've kind of ran with the you know the stock swag kind of thing, and I think that's a good way to describe kind of how I dress off the field. You know, it's <laughs> nothing flashy. It's just kind of stock swag, I guess. I love that. Yeah. I love that they would. So how often do you get called to the front of the bus? Now, by the way, the players travel on their own bus. When we're traveling, it's coaches and, you know, personnel and and broadcasters in in separate bus. But you guys got your own bus, which is like to be a fly on the wall a few times on there. But how often are you called to the front of the bus? Yeah, Luke Luke uh, Maley is our our MC. He's always on the mic kind of. 
You know, he's al- he's always got, you know, a list of topics to touch on and um So he's got the mic of the the bus driver's yeah, mic. Yeah, he grabs the mic and um <laughs> it's typically just when we land um on a in an away city. Yeah. And it's when we're, you know, driving from the airport to the hotel when we first get to the city. And yeah, he just grabs a mic and starts to MC and you know, he'll he'll either share a story or talk about, you know, the previous series whatever it is, and then usually he'll grab a rookie or two <laughs> or guys, you know, with less than a year of service time yeah. and, you know, have us go up to the front of the bus and, you know, say a few things about ourselves, get to know your teammates, feel free to share a story or sing a song. So first <laughs> first bus trip of the year calls me up and they say, sing the national anthem. <laughs> so uh, first first road trip of the year, sang the national anthem. Um. And then I think I got called up one other time and sang a song. So it's only been a couple times, but I'm sure there'll there'll be plenty plenty more throughout the year. How did the national anthem go? It went good, but I actually blanked on the words at one part and uh, <laughs> didn't get a good uh, reaction from the crowd on did that. Did you one, get booed off the? I didn't get booed, but you know there were some unhappy unhappy uh, guys in the crowd. You know, you can't you can't blank on the words. It's our national anthem. Did you try to hit the high notes though? Yeah, in in that situation you I think guys just want you to go for it. Like they don't care how bad you are, but if you really like show effort and just kind of go for it, yeah. You know, it's it's entertainment and 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 they'll respect you for it too. So you, you went for, for it? it? Yeah, I went for it. You have to. <laughs> that is beautiful. Cuz if you go up there and and you're bad and you aren't showing effort, yeah. It's like a double whammy. You're getting booed, but if you're bad, but you show a lot of effort and you go yeah. for it, then guys, you know they're gonna get some laughs and maybe you'll leave the stage with some claps. You never know. I love that because there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, obviously we have to do the national anthem before every game, and there are some that are better than others. But boy, do they try to get after it, and some make it like an American Idol audition, and unfortunately, some are longer than others. What is it like standing on the line out there when there's a long national anthem going on? Are you guys grumbling amongst yourselves? Are you How's that go because you you're out there and you're respecting your country and it's a moment that uh you could be caught on camera too. So Yeah, just stand you- there and respect the flag, respect uh respect what what the national anthem means to this country, and yeah, sometimes the national anthem can get long and get a little antsy. I mean, everyone does. <laughs> hey, everyone, because we got to do 162 of them. So you always know, like the very first lines, you know how it's going to go. And yeah. this has nothing to do whether they sing well or not. Most of them can sing, yeah. obviously, very well. A few, only a few, have rough times, but you can just tell when it's like. Oh, sir. like that type of pace. That's when you know it's you gotta, like, oh, you, hunker down. This one's yeah, going to be like two or three up. minutes. You're going to be there a while. We might have to move the game time back because <laughs> the song was written. It's written like this pace. That's the pace it's written at. Yeah. Don't quite. Have the, the, the only time I have a real issue with the long national anthems is when it's really cold because <laughs> yeah. you just want to get moving. Yeah, absolutely. Thankfully, we didn't play too many cold games at the yeah. beginning of the year, but like that's when I really noticed yeah. when they're long. Did you go to Dodger Stadium last year? Or was that after, or was that before you got? No, I didn't. Yeah, that was before. 
you want to talk about some singers now. Obviously, they have a you know hot Hollywood, to, yeah, hotbed to draw from. But they've got a music bed underneath of it, and I want to tell you, they bring the house down. There's some really, really talented national anthem singers. How did I get on the national anthem topic? Anyways. I sang it on the bus, that's why. <laughs> that's joking. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Getting old, Spencer. I can't remember 10 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, another one of these questions we're going to get to in which they brought up Spencer Steer as the answer, his teammates. We'll get to it right after this. We're back. Okay, another one of these questions we asked for this YouTube show was, which teammate would be the worst babysitter? Mm. And you probably won the prize. How, how many guys <laughs> said I was the worst? <clears throat> I can't say all of them. We did like 10 players, probably three or four. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. I think Will Myers was one. I think two of them probably meant it, and two of them are just being haters. That's my guess. So I'll take that. I can't remember the exact players that brought up. I think Casale was one that, that said, because he has you know a kid now. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I, that wouldn't be good. I wouldn't leave my child with Spencer. And it's because you don't have children. Like I would have been chosen for this as well, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I don't really have much to like fight back on that. You know, I I don't have any kids. Yeah, my brothers who are married don't have kids. Don't yeah. really have much experience with kids. So you know, can't really fight them on that one. I guess. <laughs> but you got I I love how um, you you just take it in stride because it beats the alternative of guys not liking you. You know. Absolutely. I mean, not liking you. What do you think? Uh, do you have any goals other than to, you know, obviously you want to stay a major leaguer. That's always the number one goal. Mm -hmm. But have you set any personal goals of, of things you want to accomplish? Or are you just kind of just figuring it out as you go? I would say I've definitely set some goals. Um, you know, over time, those goals are obviously going to change. Um, I think one, one big one for this year was just be in that lineup every day this year and just try to make an impact positively on this team to help them win. Like, I think this city is craving winning baseball. Oh, no doubt. And you can really feel it from the, the fans and, um, can't blame them for being, impatient really antsy to to see this team win so i think going in that was a lot of guys goals was just let's play good baseball and let's find ways to to win and i think that's that goes hand in hand with personal goals if i'm impacting this team and and helping this team win i think at the end of the day you look at my stats are probably gonna be pretty good if i'm helping the team win so yeah. i think when you go out there every night and you try to just play winning baseball, I think the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Who do you hang with on the team the most? If you're on the road. Who's who you hanging with? I mean, it's it's the position player guys around my age for sure. Um, most of the guys without you know families on the road or, or kids, you know, because a lot of guys' families travel and 
Yeah. Yeah, they want to spend time with their, their kids. So um, spent a lot of time with, with Stu, uh, TJ, Indy, Fraley, Steve-O. Um, a lot of those guys I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with a lot. Who gives you the most grief out of that group? I'd say it's probably split between TJ and and uh, Jake. Because we're, we're, we're in the in the locker room, we're right by each other, right like by we, each other. Like yes, we're, it's it's us right three next in a row, to each other. So yeah, we're always we're always bickering at each other, and oh. and you know it's fun. It's what do you think TJ's doing right now? We're in the afternoon. It's before a night game, folks. Just figuring that out. What is TJ doing right now? You think probably, he would answer probably, his phone? He's probably trying to figure out a Sudoku puzzle. He's terrible at him. It's because every, everyone on the team at the beginning of the year, we, we started doing Sudoku, and you know we're all pretty good at him, and then TJ kind of is late to the party, and he's trying to be like us. and He's probably struggling <laughs> with one of those right now. That'd be my guess. All right, I have a, uh, a habit of calling people on this podcast. I love it. Now he is you haven't called me yet before. Well, I didn't get your number till like yes, that's a fair. Couple that's of fair. Days ago, I would have because in has, the future. Has TJ it, been on this before? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, he has. So let's see if he answers. So he'll get it. I don't know. We'll see if he answers. Oh, maybe. Oh, oh. we got a ringy dingy. Let's see, it's working. Hey. <laughs> TJ Friedel. Yo, what's up? You are on the Gym Day podcast with Spencer Steer. Oh, boy. Hey, TJ, you doing a Sudoku puzzle right now? That was my guess. No, John is, though. I'm sitting right across from John doing his Sudoku. See, he, he doesn't want to try it because he know he can't do it. No, that's not true. I didn't get a printout. <laughs> if I had a printout, I would do it. you have printouts on there? Spence and Gym Day. Prank. They're just pranking calling everyone in the clubhouse, I guess. Okay. We're being silly. Oh, you have extras, John? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're with India there? Yeah. Are you in the clubhouse right now? <laughs> yeah, we're sitting in the clubhouse. And he's doing his Sudoku. And now I'm going to go get one printed and I'll have it done by the time Spence gets back. Uh oh. No chance. I, I, you could start that thing right Wait, what now. Day, what, day the, what day of the week is it? Tuesday? Wednesday. 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 Oh, it's so easy. I can do it. It's so easy. I guarantee, TJ, you start that thing right now. I'll get done with this podcast. Come in there, start it, and probably beat it. Or probably finish it. Okay, before. now you're just trying to show off again. I am. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, have fun with your podcast. Thank you, TJ. And give, Bye, TJ. give our best to Jonathan India. That'd be hilarious. Jim, Jim says good luck on your Sudoku. He says thanks, Jim. All right, bye. <laughs> He wanted no part. He's like, I'm out. I don't want any part of this long conversation. No, he didn't. Stiffly <laughs> how it goes anyway. Yeah. That's all good. It's all good. But uh, he's a good dude, man. He's, he's an energy. You talked about uh, Cowgill earlier. Cowgill and Friedel together have made a huge difference as far as the energy in the dugout. Correct? Oh, TJ's a spark plug. Yeah. I mean, just his personality and then the way he goes about his business on the field. Yeah. I mean, just last night, first game back, two doubles. Yeah. Like, he's just he's just kind of that guy at the top of our lineup just getting stuff going. Yeah. I got to tell you, the last few years, the dugout has been dead. Now, a lot of that is because of the start last year. And 
new guys, trades. Everyone was trying to get to know each other, really feel each other out. But and which lasted seemed like the whole season. It is totally different this year. Um, the standings, you guys aren't where you want to be right now. But as far as one thing you can't question is the effort, uh, the grit of this team, and the energy that you guys have. It's been totally different. Have you noticed? I think we're just going about our business the right way. You mentioned it. The the energy. What else did you say? <laughs> You're kidding like me now. <laughs> I said the energy, the grit. The grit. Yeah, just like the grittiness. Like we're grind like we're really just battling every single night. And I, I can't look back on a game where it's like we were flat. We just didn't bring the energy. We weren't ready to play. And I think over the last, I don't know, we played 50 games maybe. Maybe the results aren't there yet. But I think if we stay the course and we keep showing up like that every night and playing the right way like we have been, I really do think the results will come. And that's a process that everyone can get behind. I think everyone is behind and everyone really believes that if we keep going out, taking each game with the right approach and the right mentality, I really do think that the results will come. And and I think everyone in that, that clubhouse believes that too. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm going to turn you loose. I know you got some things to do. Get ready for the game. And you've got to go in and uh, show your Sudoku prowess. Yeah, I talked a to, big game there. i got to go show up now. You do. So we'll have to get an update on that. Now, in the future, now that I have your number, beware. In future podcasts, you could be getting a call on the podcast. I can't wait. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I don't know if you mean that or not, but... <laughs> <laughs> Guess what to find out. Thanks for faking it. But hey, man, you're an interesting guy. I love that guys uh, gravitate towards you and uh, like you. That's very obvious. And you have immense talent. Hope you're around here for uh, years to come, man. Appreciate, appreciate Jim. It. Thanks for having me. You got it. That is the one and only Spencer Steer, a.k.a. Ted Lasso, or the other way around. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Jim Day Podcast, and we will see you next time. <laughs>